Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, a teacher from Carmel, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, director of bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. Before we begin, I'd like to tell you about the Dynamic Marching Shop. This podcast is coming to you ad-free. One way you can support us is by visiting our website, dynamicmarching.com, and sign up for all or some of our awesome courses and instructional videos. You can also purchase products through our store at some of the most discounted prices on the web, on things like shoes, rifles, podiums, megavoxes, and flagpoles. I know that many times you continue to order your products from the same people every year, but if you look at our prices, you may change your mind. We even offer deeper discounts on large orders. Please give us a chance to win your business. Well, this week we're going to talk about things that are going on right now in band rooms all across the country and how to survive them. So, Jeff, while COVID isn't new and the thought of vaccines is making us all a little antsy for many reasons, we're all curious as to what programs are doing across the country. You know, what's it like in Texas or in California and Florida or Michigan and all points in between? But for each of the new location, really each school district, the answers are completely different. Like I know our school district is very different from the district that's only 30 minutes up the road. Some schools are acting as if COVID doesn't exist, while others are still as shut down as they were last March. Uh, as we approach one full year of COVID restrictions, we thought it might be good to take a few things, take a look at a few things and we know are happening in band rooms across the country and try to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we thought we might start with that tonight and see where that takes us. Yeah, what do you think? What do you want to talk about first, Bobby? Well, I, I guarantee you that numbers are huge in the minds of band directors because right now many of us are getting to that place of, am I doing marching band next year? Are we going to competitions next year? Am I buying drill? Do mm -hmm. we have, you know, those kinds of, and those logistics are the things that we start right now. Like for me, I've already set our calendar up through November of next year, and I'll start going past that here in, uh, next week. And it's really tough to say, are we going to go ahead and try to do everything, you know, as business as usual, or what have we learned throughout all of this? So I would say the first thing that is really, that wakes me up at night is which kids are going to quit. Are you more worried about kids quitting now or kids never starting? Well, and that, that's actually going to be something that we talk about a little bit later, because you know, gotcha. looking at recruiting it from both the eighth grade and from the you know, elementary school, whether you start them in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, whatever that is. And that'll, that'll be a topic that we talk about actually a little bit later in the podcast. But right now I'm talking about those now freshmen, sophomores, and juniors who you've invested in this year. They've gone through this COVID year with you, and now you really need them to hang on so that you can rebuild and make some things happen. But they may decide, uh, I just my heart's not in it. You know, the dreaded excuse, my heart's just not in it anymore. So uh, for me, the, the idea of kids quitting, it used to scare me so badly. And we did have several kids quit. Uh, that's the dirty secret that very few of us will actually talk about that uh, we, we had kids quit. We had probably about 15 or so at least that just said, I, I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. Now, Bobby, in a normal year, you're probably, you probably have a few kids, handful yeah. of kids who come up and say, uh, you know, you've, 
you could probably list the five most common reasons. Mm-hmm. I have to work more. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to do something else with my life. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what else is the common ones in a normal I f- year? I want to focus on my academics more, which is the biggest load of garbage that anybody can tell you because I, I usually keep up with that. And, and their so grades keep, rarely go up. Oh, I have yet to see one go up significantly. At best, they stay the same, but typically they go down. But as we all know, the more time that we have, well, let's think about it. What did we all do during COVID? Were we all healthier? Were we happier? You know, we had all this time on our hands. Why weren't we just killing it with taking care of ourselves? Because part of taking care of yourself has to be a motivation for fulfillment. And if you're not feeling that on a lot of levels, several things slip away. And so that's the part that I really talk with kids about. How are you going to fulfill yourself? And sometimes there are things. Hey, I'm, I've become your book editor. I really want to pour my entire self into this. It's a big deal. I, I'm like, okay, that's great. But when they tell me they want to go and be a hostess at a, a restaurant, you are going to have 60 more years of working ahead of you. Don't be in such a hurry to jump to that by giving it. I don't, I don't think working is a bad thing as a high school student, but don't throw everything else away, especially opportunities like band can bring for you. And so there's always we, a handful of students who you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. It's probably a good fit for both of us that you move on from this. Absolutely. But, uh, but then absolutely. there's those kids who want you to beg them to stay. Mm-mm, and yep. that's, they really don't want to leave, but they just want you to beg them to stay and, you know, there's definitely, I mean, sometimes you gotta, you gotta do that. Sometimes you say, okay, go ahead. Yep. But this year, have you noticed more or do you think that's coming in the April, May time? I I think that we don't know. Yeah. There's where it is. I wish I could tell you, we, one of the other things we'll talk about later on too, is I feel like one of the good things to come from this has been our bonding a little bit better than we have in previous years. And I would like to think that that will keep our numbers even stronger, but you just don't, everything is so new. We've never been here before. We don't know what this is really going to be. So I think that kids quitting is maybe one of the the top three concerns in every band room across the country. And I guess the thing I would want people to know is number one, you're not alone in that. Um, Number two, you have to decide and figure out what the best course of action is for your program. And here's what I mean by that. We've talked about this before. Do you want large numbers or do you need larger numbers uh, to be able to make things go? And if you do, you're going to approach recruiting and retention one way. If that's not necessarily the case, you're going to look a little bit more at quality versus quantity. And I think just finding the, the right mix, there's no right or wrong, figuring out what you need. I, I know several programs to keep their number of staff, they need to have X number of kids. So you may just be going for the warm and breathing. Uh, you're not necessarily interested in who's a hard worker or who's a good musician. It's just heartbeat. Great. You're in. We want you. And quite honestly, Jeff, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Because there's some of those kids that were just warm and breathing one year, and they turn out to be just great band members uh, in, in upcoming years. So look at, I think now is the time that you really need to get a strategic plan together with your junior leadership, meaning your junior kids who are going to be helping you run the band next year. You and they need to be on the same page of what is our recruiting mantra, who are we looking for, and how are we going to do it? Can I give a real quick example? Well, yeah, actually, I'm going to wait. 
I'm going to wait for that um, as we talk about some of the other things. Um, well, I just have one comment on this, uh, the kids quitting thing. I feel like more than ever, uh, there needs to be a conversation sooner about, yes. hey, I, I think some of you are going to think about not doing band. Like even just being honest with them in each class period and say, here, here's some great reasons why that's not a good idea. Um, and we, we care about you. We want you here and we want, we want to see you progress as a person and as a musician and just have those honest conversations with students and say, you know, you can always talk to me and we can talk through some of your objections. Um, I think being really upfront early is going to be key. It's so hard for kids to come in the office and say, Hey, I'm thinking about quitting. And so I talk to them, I, I kind of give them another way of approaching that. Instead of saying, I'm thinking about quitting, why don't you come in and say, Mr. Lambert, what do you see my role being in band next year? Where where do you see me going next year and maybe into the future with this? Is there a future musician in me or am I, uh, where am I? And I think that's a really very disarming conversation starter. Right. And not everybody's going to be a great player, but, but everybody has a role. Um, mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're going to be a great marcher or you're going to be a great yeah. jazz band bass player or, you know, right. everybody has their role and it doesn't have to be first chair. No, absolutely not. And I think that what people would be surprised at is every band has a percentage and sometimes it's a little bit higher. You know, every band has the bell curve. Uh, Alfred Watkins used to talk about this. You have the kids on the far right who are just great players despite circumstances. And then on the far left, you have kids that are pretty miserable players and members despite having a lot of, of great advantages and opportunities. But the bulk of the band is in the middle. I think what people would be surprised about Carmel and um, Hebron and Vandegrift and Wando is that we have those kids that like they're there because they're a good human being. And that's really all that they're bringing to the table. But for me, that's honestly enough. Yeah. I want and their friends people. are there and that, yeah, that's, that's important too. Absolutely. Hey, number two, and this is one that I think is, is hitting even adults right now too, is apathy. Mm. You know, we're, we're at a place because of, we, we're so used to being to the unknown now. It used to be, well, we know that in the fall we're going to do this and we know we're going to do that, but now nothing is certain. And so I could see people in programs getting very apathetic. And if any of you are dealing with folks that are still virtual, whether that be hybrid part of the time or completely virtual like we have, I really worry about those people. I see them waking up and literally just rolling over and hitting the computer to wake it up and turning on the Zoom. I'm not going to comb my hair. I'm not going to get out of my pajamas. I'm just going to lie here. We had to really, as a school institute, here are the things that you must do to be present. You must be seated. You must be sitting up. We must see your face. We must see your work if you are working on things. And if not, you could have that computer screen on, but if we're just watching the fan in your room, you're not present. And that, I'm so glad we did that, but I know places that that's not been the case. Yeah, we have not instituted that as a school, and uh, definitely I have one virtual class, and um, they know less, but they're doing better on tests. 
Ah, interesting. So they're doing less work and they're cheating more, essentially. Yes. Um, yes. So, I mean, what are you going to get out of that? Right. And I, I do tell them all the time what the expectations are, and it kind of falls on apathetic ears. And mm-hmm. it's hard to not get, uh, as a teacher, it's hard to not get discouraged by that because, right. you know, you're, you're watching these students throw away a really good education. And I can relate to the, the programs that maybe had a really good year in 2019 and the first part of 2020. I mean, <laughs> we, we had a great year in 2019 yeah. and 2018 as well. And so I was really excited to see that momentum really take flight and then to have it slash like that could really be disheartening sometimes. So you have to be careful about yourself and remembering why you're doing this. But the, the second part of that is knowing that the kids, there are many triggers and there are many scripts. And what I mean by that is there are many things that we maybe do subtly that almost encourage them to be apathetic. Here's what I mean by that. Whenever they hear us say, oh, you guys don't really care about this. Even when you're saying it kind of off the cuff, man, that that leaves a mark. It really does. Or when we say, you know, we were going to do this, but now I just don't think that you all want this badly enough. Sometimes we use that as a motivator, but I think you have to be really careful because then it's, okay, well, only if we want it, do we get it? You know, I think you just have to be careful. And so for me, the way that I have worked on that is just one-on-one, hey, can you hang around when we dismiss class today? And they'll stay on the Zoom, and I'm really it's just how are you doing? Yeah, they, like I've had kids break yeah. down right there. Yeah, like they know, they know they're not stupid, but just just start crying like crazy. I can't do this. I feel so uh, disconnected. My, you know, my parents aren't here during the day, and I thought I would love that, and I hate it. It's it's tough. Yeah, I stopped a student on the way in into class the other day, and I said, "How's it going?" And he said, eh, it's not been a great day. And I could have just let him walk by. And I said, why? And he's like, eh. And he tried to walk by. I'm like, no, come here. What's going on? And he said, I'm just, it's only two weeks in and I'm already behind and I'm, I'm just overwhelmed. And I said, um, so what did you do yesterday on your virtual day? Because we're on a hybrid schedule. I see him one day. They're at home the next. And uh, I don't even see them on Zoom on that day. And so he's, I was like, he's like, um, I... Uh, and I'm like, yeah, you, you didn't do any schoolwork, did you? <laughs> He's like, mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not trying to make you feel bad is what I said, but like we talked about at the beginning of this semester, you get up on your virtual day and do school until you're done with school and then go do your work and, and go work out and do, do all those things that you normally do. What, you know, COVID permitting, but I was like, you know what to do. Don't mope around like. You're, you know, you're behind and there's no way to fix this. There is a way and it's not that hard. You wake up and you do your work. But Jeff, don't you think that uh, for me, I I wonder when the parents are kind of disengaged as well, I could very much see a kid because, and I see it myself. If I'm not careful, I can go down a Netflix or YouTube or Disney plus rabbit hole like none other. Uh, so much so that I can look around and go, oh my gosh, five hours just went by. Now, uh, Jeff is such a, you know, hardcore 
everything. You may not do this, but I think us mere mortals, we do get into that <laughs> pretty easily. Uh, yeah, I have it, a confession to make, Bobby. Okay. <laughs> uh, it gives me great shame. I just watched 10 seasons of Shameless. There you go. <laughs> Which I hear uh, is awesome. It's, yeah, it's really good. It's very inappropriate uh, for younger audiences. <laughs> Uh, viewer discretion Do we have to put advice, that disclaimer in? Are, are, we, are we popular enough show now to where we have to be careful about? I, I no, don't think we're popular with the now. young ones. <laughs> but I, I, it's a great show. Um, but I do have some shame about it. <laughs> I mean, how many hours of... That's 12, oh, 12 episodes, an hour each. 10 seasons. I can't do math, but 120 hours there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that's what, that's what all of this watching has done to you. Your that's, brain. Yeah. <laughs> three full work weeks worth of watching Netflix since Christmas break. I think when I've talked to kids about that and when I've said things like, Hey, I've watched all of Mandalorian twice. I've watched <clears throat> Downton Abbey. I've watched a I couple watched of that. shows. Yeah. yeah I've, I've watched it twice. I mean, I get it. I totally do. I think the difference between the young person and the adult is we do come to that place of like, okay, I can't do that again so soon. I've got mm -hmm. to get some things in place. Mm -hmm. Whereas the young person right now is like, why should I? We're just going to be at home longer. And I think letting them, number one, trying to relate to them and, and letting them know that you understand why they've done that is a great place to start. And then giving them just a little bit of accountability. I have three students right now that we do their schedule every Friday they come in before or after and two of them aren't even in my bands. I love that. But they come in with their planner. If they don't have it, then I give them a, a, a grade for the week. They get a zero for, for that class participation that week, but they come in and we, we sit down and say, okay, what's, what's going on this next week? Where's this? Let's put this here. Let's do this. Oh, you've got this going on Thursday night. Or like, I, I'm going to go out and do this Thursday night with my family. It's a birthday celebration. That's great. Well, we used to put practice on Thursday night. Where do we move it? It still has to exist. Mm -hmm. We just can't skip over it. Where do we move it? That one concept alone has really changed some kids who were struggling badly. Um, and I know nobody has extra time to do that, but it takes me about five to 10 minutes now. It took us about 20 minutes to get it set up. And if you've ever worked, read the uh, Getting Things Done um, yep. by David Allen, I mean, I'm actually sitting at my desk and I'm looking at the, the sign that's right in front of my face that has the stuff in and where it goes. And all. I have to have that. And when kids see that we're just as vulnerable to that, that helps a ton. So start to identify where kids are becoming apathetic and try and even try and find fun things that you can do to make this better. We've done some, we've done the silliest things. I never have loved that. I've never loved being silly in my class, but I have done more ridiculous, crazy things. Um, just nuts. So that's where I think that we have to really try to enliven the students. That's great advice. And maybe we just need to seek out a few of those students and mm -hmm. and say, hey, I've got an idea. What if we planned out tomorrow when you're going to mm -hmm. be at home? Yeah. yeah. It's a great idea, Bobby. As, as a side note to that, I feel a lot better after I do that with them. Mm -hmm. I become a little bit more accountable. And it's just as a, a side bonus for that. So here's I, – I, I know we did these two negative ones. And I wanted to throw a positive one in here. Number three – Kids are actually getting better on their own. I couldn't believe it, hmm. but it's true. I'm seeing some kids who were good players before. We've been spending a lot of time talking about the process of getting great. 
how do I practice something so that I can't miss it? As opposed to how do I, how do I practice something to get it? How do I practice something so I can't miss it? And I've seen some kids who were, you know, not bad before, but not necessarily lighting the world on fire. Now they really are. They've taken to this personal responsibility and are just thriving in it. They kind of are like, I even do have a couple of virtual kids that are like, okay, you're going to work with, with that group for a little bit. I'm going to mute and I'm going to work on this technical passage right here. Hmm. It's not, and it's not a bad idea. I know some people, well, they need to be involved and engaged in my rehearsal the whole time. Well, my rehearsal is an hour and a half each day. I wish I could tell you that I am that engaging, that I can hold their attention for that long every minute, but I can't. I know I can't. And so for them to mute and do that, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, but I think that, you know, look for some of those wins, some of those uh, positive uh, experiences that you're seeing from kids and really highlight it. You know, student of the week, this is a kid who's virtual and who is just doing a great job. It's as if they were here. Um, that could mean a lot and could go a long way. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I was trying to add something positive to that. <laughs> I, and I know I, Jeff, Jeff, I am being not in the classroom is so different. Any I know. kids better on their own. Yeah, well, I, I, I wanted I wanted to go with that, Bobby, but I'm going to go ahead and speak for those people listening who are going, what is he talking about? Yeah, because I, my students are are not better than usual and I'm teaching maybe 80 percent what I usually do. So, mm-hmm. and I'm, man, I'm giving pep talks. I'm giving lectures. I'm coming down on them. I'm building them up. And it's like, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Leave me alone. So, but I think anyway, in the ba- I'm sorry. I think in the, we can no, move on. No, no, no. <laughs> Jeff, I think that that's because I've heard you say that, and I've heard plenty of classroom teachers say that, and I get it. I really do. I think for me that we, right now I would say that we probably have around 20 to 25 virtual kids still. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them have not stepped foot in our facility since last March. But the rest of them will come in for an after-school rehearsal, marching band, or concert band. And of those 20 or so, I can point to four of them right now that I think are actually doing well in this. I can point to another four to five that aren't going backwards. They're not necessarily progressing as much as I would expect them to, mm-hmm. but they're not going backwards. The other 10 to 12 really are not doing that well. We even saw, we just got our uh, all region results back and we could look to almost every virtual kid being lower than they were last year, except for those four. So we're trying to, you know, we're trying to make a bigger deal out of those kids who are being virtual. Like, how are you doing it? Talk to the class about what you're doing that's making you so much better. One young man is a trumpet player who we haven't seen since March. Family is just very, very careful about everything. And so he doesn't go out. He can't go out with friends, but he is playing like a boss right now. He was good last year. He's terrific right now. Uh, went from not making uh, even uh, uh, sniffing at all state to being fourth chair. I, I, awesome. I couldn't, I was so happy for him. And so actually we, we told him today, we want you to talk to the class tomorrow. What are you doing? That's working. That's cool. Who knows? I mean, you know, in the fall with marching band, we had a pretty normal marching band season. And I, I, 
I can say something positive about our marching and movement is mm-hmm. I would have put this group up against any previous group marching wise. So yeah. I, I can't, it was, uh, it was a shorter show and, you know, we didn't have quite as long a season to get really crystal clear, but um, yeah, I mean, we, when we saw them every day, even though they were wearing masks and things were a little different, they, they still worked really hard on getting better as, as a group marching wise, but um, the, the virtual kids, I don't, I couldn't even tell you which virtual kit or which marching band students were virtual because right. they all showed up for marching band. So mm-hmm. I can't really speak to that, but uh, I do know we were getting work done when they were there. And I think that we, you know, you taught me this, we had so many things online, so many resources for them about learning the process of marching, learning the fundamentals of marching that when they got here, we were like, Oh, Okay, this is this is significantly better than we thought. I'll never forget, Jeff. You were telling me like we we started doing just our basic fundamental stretch, and they looked great. Mm-hmm. And then we tried to do a box drill. Yep. <laughs> and, and so Fantastic it's like okay, individual style and no ensemble style. No, no idea that anyone else exists. Right. And there's the bottom line. That's where the virtual kids get in trouble. Yep. Um, I, I bet many of us can tell horror stories of where a kid forgets to mute and the mom's yelling at them or they, you know, <laughs> do something stupid there in front of everybody. They're, they're oblivious. Whereas before they were hypersensitive to people making fun of them or being, you know, judgmental. Now they're just oblivious. I had one kid that I swear, it's like you were asleep one minute ago. I know you were, I'm looking at your hair. I know you were. And didn't care. Just like, here it is, everybody. He's now since come back live and combing his hair again. So I know <laughs> that it, it comes back. I guess yeah. maybe that's the best thing we can take from that is they do come back. And when well, they young do, people they are resilient in many yeah. ways. And this is one one way they will be resilient. It, it, but it, it's not going to be instant when when and if no. things get back to closer to normal. It's, it's going to take a little time. So number four is administration controlling more of the program than they previously did. And by that, I mean, like for us, we have to go through now two to three different people just to hold a rehearsal. Whereas before I called the rehearsal end of statement. Yeah. We, we, and facility use. I mean, we have a theater, not 10 yards from our band room door and it takes an act of Congress to get in there. Um, and we've had protocols come and go. And some of them that like the double masks aren't working, especially inside. When you see someone's lips moving, you got to know that that's probably not, <laughs> that's not helping you, yeah. uh, clear out the aerosols or, or retain the aerosols. So, and, and we haven't changed protocols since September even though several more studies have come out, the national federations of high school study has been revised twice since then. We have not changed. And um, we're actually going through a process right now where I've invited, we have a COVID czar, you know, how there was the, uh, you know, in the government, there's the, you know, the, the drug czar and the, you know, economic czar. We have a COVID czar in our district and, um, I had been told that we were not doing all the things that we could. And so my principal actually gave me the idea and it was brilliant. She said, invite him to a rehearsal and, and be open and, and just say, Hey, here's why we're doing this. Come and tell us why we should do the other way or what we should do instead. Or can we find a better usable 
happy medium. And so we've, we've reached out and invited. We haven't heard anything back just yet, but that was only Friday. And this guy is just swamped. I can only imagine with 88 schools, but I, I still felt, I actually felt much better after we invited him. I'm scared out of my mind. He's going to come in and say, Oh, you all are terrible. Don't ever come back. But, Mm. but at the same time, I was worried about it so much and worried they were going to stop us and worried they were going to do this when just sending out that invitation actually made me feel better. All that to say, it is all about communication. I sit down with my principal every Wednesday morning at 745. Every Wednesday morning. I don't care if nothing is going on. We now, are check you the in. department chair? No. So that's just, just the band director. Is just the band the director yeah. doing that. And so, the, whole po- the whole point of that was because we are such a, a vibrant part of the community and the school, and we have so many people invested in us, I want you to know what we're doing. She felt like she was sort of dissociated from everything. And right, she was. I, uh, not her fault, not my fault. It just nature of the beast. But now that we meet every week, I mean, she is so on top of every, and, and uh, just a wonderful sounding board. It's not me against her anymore. It's us trying to find the best solutions. That's a great, that's a great yeah. idea. So just finding that maybe it's not your head principal, maybe it's an assistant principal, but just, hey, can I, and I'll bring coffee or I'll bring pastries or I'll bring whatever it is. Um, something, to th- something to think about there. Um, so Jeff, we're, we're at number five. We, we may have to do it. This may be a two-part <laughs> episode. Uh, I'm going to skip to one that I, I mentioned briefly there was that protocols never change yet research does. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You, you mentioned a new study. What's the what's the newest study saying? Oh gosh, the, what's the if you look in the European models now, I believe it's um, uh, Berlin that has done one where, and I'll probably get that wrong. Somebody will write in and say no, it was actually this group, but they they had players actually with saline as well so that they could really see where the aerosols were going to go. And I mean, they've got a backpack with the saline going into their, their mouth, their instrument. And it was, I mean, it's very clear where aerosols are going, but more importantly, where they're not going. You know, they, the, the last thing that I've seen is that flutes still spray the farthest. Sure. We knew that. But they're saying, you know, at full volume, top top register, it's around three feet. It's not as far as we thought it was. And everything else is less than that. It's almost like someone's speaking loudly, especially when you talk about middle school and high school kids uh, producing aerosol. It's not nearly as strong as it once was. The other part of even just looking around in your area to see if concerts are happening especially indoors. They're starting to happen all around us, yet our district is very hesitant about, even with distancing, even with masks, having anything indoors. So then my next question is, well, but we're having sporting events with people coming into those. How is this different? And they're, you know, they're starting Blast to- Blasphemy, Bobby. Yeah. Don't yeah, talk no, about sports. Those are two different things. Come on. Um, you, uh, do you know how I quell that? You know how I stop that? No. Will you explain that to my parents? <laughs> Why don't no, you come I didn't to a bamboo so meeting? snarky there, but it, it is true that uh, pro sports, college sports, high school, it across the board, sports have different rules right now. Oh, I don't want to go too deep down here, but and it's not the I, coach's fault. 
No, 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 absolutely not. Here's what I was going to say. I wonder, we had a, a, a doctor here in the area when we found out that the, the study in Colorado was going to go on. We had a doctor in our area that said, you have to be careful, especially about preliminary findings of medical research. They will go with, we want the risk to be zero. They want absolutes. And when you have that, you're going to cut a lot of things that probably aren't needed to be cut. And he said, check and see if sports does a similar study. I mean, why wouldn't they? Well, I'll tell you why they wouldn't, because they knew that they were going to have more aerosol than anybody else. I literally had a person tell me that a huddle of football players doesn't produce as much aerosol as an oboe player. Like, let's just uh, all sit quietly and think about that for a few moments. And just think about when, when it's cold and you see a huddle of football guys and the steam and the, the heat is just coming off of, you know that they are. You know that they are. So anyway, coming back to this, you have to be engaged with NAFME, with your local, um, even your, your local health department. What are some of the protocols that your local area is using? And sometimes you will find that they are less so than maybe your school. And that may be a help to you. You know, if our local health department says we can have X number of people in this space, why can't we do that? Why can't we try it? And, and just just keeping an eye out, being aware, staying aware is the best defense that you can have. It may drive you crazy because people don't want to hear it. But the more that you show facts rather than feelings, the more persuasive your argument. One of the more um, awkward facts is that when students leave the building, they hang out <laughs> together without masks. Ah, on. And it, everyone Jeff, knows that, it. How dare you? Everyone knows it. You? But it, no one talks about it. And it's like, okay, I get it. You, we can't, we definitely can't control what they're doing outside the building. But like, come on, everyone knows this is happening. Right. Right. Well, when you see them get out of the cars together and then put their masks on, you're like, oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> here we go. I, but actually, I don't know school- if you're, if you're like me, but I have a small group of friends, probably three couples that we always hang out together. We mm-hmm. have been since last March. You know, um, Matt and Amy and Chris and Norrin and, you know, we, we just hang out as, as a group of six, we don't really widen our circle very often, but I'm sure kids are doing that even, even more. Yes. We had a great, so we have a, a, um, the head of she, and I'm, I'm going to get this wrong. She is the head of, I think children's communicable diseases as well as an immunologist and she works now she's been hired by our school district to help us design protocols she's from the medical university of south carolina please if she listens to it please forgive me i'm sure i butchered but she she's wildly qualified let me say that wildly qualified she just did a presentation to a local school district just up the road from us and said of the cases that we found there are less than one percent of our student population who have contracted COVID. So if you take everybody in CCSD, every student, less it's 0.9% have contracted COVID. If you add the adults into it, it goes to less than 3%. There have been a few more adults, about 1.2%. 
her whole point to this is, and she said, when this first started, I, I couldn't believe that I was being hired because this was only going to last for three weeks. Uh, she said, but my kids go to school every day and I'm happy to send them because I feel very safe with it. Of all the, the cases that they have tracked in our school, they've only found about three that they can show definitively spread from kid to kid or kid to, to teacher or teacher to kid. In the building. In the building. Yeah. The rest are sleepovers, dinners, family dinners, carpooling. Close contact sports. Holidays. Yeah. Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not from sitting from playing the B flat concert scale in the band room. Yeah. It's just not. The research tells us that it's not. And we have to be be advocates for ourselves, not trying to push it, but just okay, we need to look at this again and and rethink how we do it. So that's that's one of the other things that are that's going on in the band rooms. I'm gonna put combine these next two. Parents asking for more and parents asking for less. We've, we've experienced that. both. I mean, I understand they're, them asking for more. What about the asking for less? Well, you know, since COVID is still so real, why should we do after school concert rehearsals? Oh, I get you. Yeah, that's definitely happening. Yeah. Since since we, we probably will not get to do all region or concert festival or whatever. Why should we still be working on concert literature? Hmm. And I think if you have built your program to be so performance oriented, you may be in a little bit of hot water right now. If you, however, can shift it over to a skill and fundamental based program that then provides opportunities, it's kind of like we would do this if we were playing for zero people or for a thousand people, we, I, I can't say this enough. And I, I don't know if people believe me. Yes. We prepared hard for Midwest. I think we prepared the exact same for our Midwest recording. I think we also prepared just as much for our state convention performance. And I think we prepared just as much for our um, USC band clinic performance. What I mean by that is the best that we could do at that time, that's exactly what we did. It just happened to be that, okay, now we've got these skills. So therefore, and Jeff, I'll tell you the, the one that felt the best and that was the least um, taxing on me mentally and physically and emotionally was the Midwest preparation. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to tell you, oh, it was easy. We didn't really care. No. But those kids, because we had built up to that and because it had been so much about we as an ensemble need to be able to do this, we need to be able to have articulation at 140 eighth note, 140 beats per minute in eighth note. We need to have double tongue ability at 160. We need, and it was about building those skills rather than just playing at those venues. And so now when parents, and it's, it's, it's freshman parents, what we understand why you did it for marching band. Why are you doing all this for concert band? Well, number one, that's our name. That's our calling. That's our education. We're part of the core curriculum as restated by the new standards that we're, we're following. We are a real class. In fact, at Wando, we are an honors class. Yeah. And, and rightly so. We can show how we do that. 
But, but the, it's but, understandable how parents. Yes. That, you know, marching band is really fun to go sit in an audience yes. and cheer for your group. And there's trophies and there's camaraderie with parents. There's travel. There's all this fun yes. stuff. You know, sometimes concert band to parents can seem not, you know, not as important. You know, That's but exactly right. It, it's really important for band directors, everybody listening, to communicate to your parents. And actually, I think some band directors need to believe it, too. Yes. If, con- if your concert band's not good, you shouldn't even be doing <laughs> marching band, mm-hmm. you know, like, or at least shouldn't be coveting it so much. I, honestly, I think that's the, the best way to say it. And I'll, I'll, I'll expand that a little bit more to say concert band has to be the central hub of what you're doing. And then marching band, jazz band, pep band. Uh, you know, fill in the blank of any other specialty groups, indoor, any of those things have to be linked very closely to the concert band. And I, I know why people look at me and like, well, why do you mean that? Because they, you know, the concert band performs the least. Uh, but again, it's not just the performance that is happening there. It's the transfer of knowledge, the transfer and development of skills that's happening. Now let's look at Bloom's taxonomy and then go over to the Danielson scat. I mean, like uh, we could go educationally down this road really far. We as teachers need to make sure that we are creating classrooms of education rather than performance vehicles for our ego. Right. Uh, you know, I, I didn't mean to, I don't mean to be quite that harsh, but it, it is true. And so I do feel, and what's great is when I've had freshmen ask you about that, we do a freshman interview. Uh, we, we did them at the end of November, beginning of December. I had several of them ask me, why are we doing this? Well, here's why. Here's this. Here's this. Oh, okay. I got it. They just didn't know. And then they go home and tell their parents, and then it all works out. So here's how to tackle this. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, we send out weekly letters to everybody and, and usually about once a month I'll put in, here's an advocacy thing. Here's a, you know, here's, here's a feel good story from one of our alumni that, that wrote to me. I've, we've got a young woman who's at uh, Northwestern university and she texted me the other day and said, I'm so excited. I'm going to my first college ensemble rehearsal. In fact, it's my first ensemble rehearsal since our last one in March. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very, we were doing uh, Philip Sparks dance movements. That was going to be on our spring concert. She said, and we're playing the Philip Sparks. So I feel like a, a little bit of vindication from this and just wanted to say thank you. And I feel so prepared walking into this and just thank you so much. And so I just shared that with the band. And it, that's, so, that's so cool that she got a do over on the Sparks piece. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going on, fundraising is questionable. That's number eight. That's in our band rooms. People are sitting around and I, I don't know what it's like in other parts of the country. I would say it's probably as varied as protocols are. I think some places are doing a little better than they normally would because people are feeling very generous right now. I think most many places are doing not as well as they did. And I think there are some who are doing just as well as they always have fundraising. I would tell you that for us, we're probably doing a little bit less than what we would normally do, but we actually have a little bit more participation. So it's a little bit of a trade off. I mean, think about how many parents are out of work. That's exactly right. That's exactly Can't right. Squeeze blood from a turnip. Isn't that no, the phrase? 
No, exactly right. And so we've been trying to be creative with how do we, you know, just try like some things, some things are sponsor my kid online. Some things are buy this discount card. Some are buy this chance for this or buy this opportunity for this. Um, just, just different ways that we can reach different people and different audiences. Uh, we're always in the, the market to do the way that you can approach this is say, okay, this is what we've done this year. There's not maybe a lot you can do with that, but now is the time to look to next fall and say, we need to try something different. Even just going to your band boosters or getting a, a group of concerned parents and say, Hey, I want you to put together a list of five things, five fundraising opportunities that you think would be best. And we as a booster board or we as a band director, whoever, we're going to decide some things. The more parent investment you have in that, the better. And I know, Jeff, you guys had amazing people doing that for you, with you at Carmel. Yeah, I mean, you get the right parents in there, like Tim Dawson, who can right. set in motion things that relatively work every year. You know, you, may, you have to revisit it from time to time. But, but what Tim did for our group, uh, I think, beyond anything else, was set in motion uh, a, a wheel that kept rolling downhill and a, and a, and a technique of talking to corporations and, mm -hmm. and, and having a vice president in charge of, you know, development and that, that sort of thing. I think, I think that's really important is, uh, and to make sure that just like your seniors are passing on to the freshmen, you know, how to put on a uniform and how do we behave at a concert band concert? They, these senior parents are also passing on to freshman parents Here's how you do this without dropping the ball. That's, That's right. critical. That's exactly right. Now, Bobby, I, I know the last two things on your list here are about recruiting, but I think we talked about doing an entire episode on recruiting um, right. pretty soon. So since we're kind of going a little long here already, maybe we could uh, just kind of table that issue. Um, Absolutely. We've had some people You'll ask for that particular topic, and I think that's going to be really interesting. Uh, well, I can't because I've done a lot of looking into this, and so I'm really excited to share with folks some strategies that we've come up with and some surprising things. Here's my biggest research. My daughter is a sixth grade flute player, a beginning band flute player, and my eyes have been opened to what motivates the middle schooler. Oh, cool. So I'm, I'm excited to share that when we get to it. So they'll have to come back and join us for, for number nine and number 10. I love it. To be continued. Yeah, so take us out, Bobby. What 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 are some takeaways from this? What can we do yeah. right now to, to make a difference? Yeah. So with all this, uh, once again, tell you you're not alone. Uh, if you feel like, man, every other band is is doing okay and mine is terrible, We're, people are lying. <laughs> they really are. Uh, everyone is in a different state. And if you ask me on Thursday of this week, I will be down in the dumps again. So please know that when you think you've had the worst situation, you look, you look on Facebook and somebody else is teaching like recorder to seniors in a coal mine. Uh, bottom line, we have to keep looking ahead and knowing that this will pass the strongest pro programs. And I don't mean the perennial powerhouses and most successful though. Many are those strongest programs will weather this and come out the other end, even stronger. I know our program has a different feel than it did last year. And many would say that last year was an amazing year for us. 
this year's different that we know that we are in this no matter what. These kids have gone through a tough storm together and they've stuck with us. We've been hit several times with like restrictions and questions only to persevere and survive together. Each year we give, just to kind of finish this up, each year we give a warrior award to a section who's personified our creed. You know, that creed is about being stronger together, ultimately. This year we actually awarded it to the entire 2020 Wando Marching Band cast, all members. We'll talk about the Midwest Band and the Midwest Recording Band, and we talk about when we won our 12th state championship and those bands who, you know, blaze some trails. But this is the one that I'm going to hold a really special place for. They're the ones who ensured our survival. And I think making sure that you let the kids know in your band room right now, you are the ones that will keep us alive is very important. You too, band director, you're the one that's going to keep music alive. Fantastic. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And until next time, I'm Jeff Young. And I'm Bobby Lambert. And this is That Band Life.